everybody. How you doing tonight? My name is Charlie Demchuk, and I'm here to welcome you to tonight's big show. Y'all sit back, relax, enjoy the show. Tim and Steve got a good one in store for you. So have a good night. We'll see you. Hi, this is Tony Wainwright. I hope you enjoy listening to Trucker's Voices as much as I do. Now, without any further ado, kick back, kick your shoes off, air your corns out, and get ready to listen to another fine show. All right. Good Thursday evening, everybody. I hope everybody had a great day of trucking out there. And uh, you know what? Falls in the air. I can, I, I can ride with my window rolled down down here in south georgia now i can feel the coolness and the briskness coming in my window don't have to worry about the gnats or anything <laughs> like we had uh back during the uh august and september months uh man i tell you what that's one thing that you know i wish that we did not have in the south is is, is those stinking gnats down here man uh if you're if you're working outside and it's and the humidity's up and the gnats are out man you you can almost breathe the gnats in. They'll get all up in your nose and all that other kind of stuff. But uh, anyway, long story short, I am glad that falls in the air. I hope I hope that everybody had a good day of trucking. Um, I hope that whatever you did today was safe and prosperous, and uh, and that you're back home with your family. But let me say this: if you're not back home with your family yet, and that you are out there trucking still. Hey, hold it in between the lines. Hey, keep as safe as you can. Be professional and make sure that, you know, you keep everybody around you safe because that is your responsibility as a professional driver. Speaking of professional drivers, I got another professional driver that's hanging out there in the wings. I'm fixing to bring on my co-host, Steve Brand. But um, before I do that, let me tell you who our special guest is tonight. We got Mr. Ron Vandemark with us tonight. I'm excited to hear Ron's story about how he got in the trucking industry, where it started, where it went to, and what he's doing now. Uh, but he's going he's gonna to kind of break it down and take us through those steps, and uh, we're going to learn a lot about Ron tonight. And uh, so I'm just excited. I'm always excited to hear your stories about how y'all got into trucking. And uh, if I haven't had you on the show yet, don't be surprised if Steve or myself reaches out to you and uh, tries to get you on the show because we, we definitely want to hear what your story is as far as how you got into the trucking industry. You know, not everybody come up through the CDL schools. Not everybody come up, you know, through this. Some of them may come up through different companies and graduated themselves through it. Or they might, might have had a class five and then they got grandfathered into it. You know, there's all kind of different stories out there that we want to hear about. But, but without further ado, I'm going to bring Mr. Steve Brand on in here. They see me <laughs> We're rolling. Steve Brand, everybody. He's riding dirty. How y'all doing? Do you, riding dirty. Do you actually do you actually know what that song really means? I think so. Okay, what does it mean? Can we talk like that on this? Yeah. This is hey hey this is internet. You can say whatever you want to, man. We ain't governed by the FCC, hey, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you know, we're not governed by any of them. Uh, you know, uh, well, I got I got my thoughts on riding dirty, you know. I, you know, I'll just keep it. I'll just keep it. To, I'm riding dirty when I'm driving that big white truck, and it's kind of <laughs> you know. And winter winter times coming, the salt's coming, so it's really gonna be great. But hey. I, Riding clean today. Oh yeah, what what you what you doing? Where are you at? I am up here in northeast Ohio, outside of Cleveland. Uh, we're actually going to Amherst tomorrow. We've got an event that we're doing with uh, the road team tractor Interstate One, and they tell us that there's going to be about 800 kids at this event tomorrow. It's a safety event, team driving and safety event. So nice. there's going to be. There's going to be a lot of a lot of folks there, so we uh, we got the truck set up, looking good. We'll get over there in the morning, just kind of get the rest set up, be ready to go, and yeah, buddy, we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk safety. We're going to talk trucks. We're going to talk trucking. 
and uh, we're just going to have us a real good time, me and a couple other fellow road team captains. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready. Any Anytime I can talk safety, man, I love it. Safety. Anytime I can talk about trucking, trucking, you know. Safety through education, right, as Chuck Lugersinger says. Yep, yep, exactly. And, you know, so if y'all notice my surroundings are a little different tonight, I may sound a little different because I'm on my phone. You know, I'm not at home. But, hey, we'll be back live with y'all next week. Are yes, you, sir. You're still live. You're still live. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Kind of live. <laughs> well, you better give a shout-out. You better give a shout-out to your better half because I'm monitoring the other page over here, and she's watching. She's watching? Hi, yep. babe. Doing? <laughs> oh, nope. Got everything done. You're resting and relaxing, you know. I'll tell uh, you what. That, 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 I'm just going to say it for the whole world to know it. She's my rock. That, that's that's a girl who keeps me going. So, she's my rock. We we work pretty good together, even though sometimes she like to take a ball bat to my head. But you know, it's all good. She's she's good woman. Beth, good woman. Beth, you earning Beth. Beth, you earning your money now. I'm telling you. That's right. I love you, Beth. <laughs> all right. So uh, on the bottom of the screen here, I've got a, a, a thing up here. If y'all going to comment, uh, if you would go to um, uh, streamyard.com backslash Facebook and kind of give us permission. That way we can see who you are in the comments. But the other thing that I got to say before we get started with the show is uh, the views expressed on the show are those of the host and the guest only and do not reflect those of others. Sound good, Steve? Sounds great to me. All right. So. We got Mr. Ron Vandermark on here. I kind of, you know, gave him a little bit of an introduction there. But go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Mr. Ron Vandermark, what you know. What I know. Good guy. Good guy. And from what I know about his background and what I kind of keep up with, I'm excited to hear what he's what he's got to tell us tonight. You know, uh, still kind of sort of in trucking, but but not. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to, to hear about it. And, uh, you know, can, can we touch base on something for me real quick before we get into Ron? We can, but I want to show you something real quick, like, okay? Show it to me. Can you read that? Mm, nah, I can't read that. Well, that, well, that heart is from your wife. I just want to let you know your wife sent you a heart. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, go That's ahead. Cool. I, know what you, I know what you got to uh, uh, get on, and you want me to throw the picture up there? Go ahead and throw it up there. Uh, just want everybody to know that uh, our Make-A-Wish Fun Drive last week in Verona, Virginia went off. I won't say without a hitch. Good old Ophelia come into town about midnight or so in, in Virginia. She put a little rain on us, but uh, it's all good. It, it was kind of like a heavy mist to a light rain, and then we had some clearing for a few hours. Uh just uh, dropped some names, Harold Schneider and uh, uh, Robbie Cottrell, uh, Mrs. Cottrell, and I know I'm forgetting people there, but everybody that put that show on did a fabulous job last week. Uh, all the volunteers, all the drivers, and had a good time. And looky there, I actually pulled off a first place <laughs> trophy in the sleeper class. You believe that? That's nice. And, Congratulations, you know, Steve. I appreciate it. And, you know, hey, it's a charity event, but it's still. How about that? So there you go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I just want to give a shout out to everybody that participated, everybody that volunteered, everybody that puts that show on every year. Man, you guys need to join us next year. It goes for a great cause. I don't have any numbers yet. Uh you know, what, what we raised and everything else, but it was a great time. And I just want to give them a shout out. M-A-P-T-D-A, find them on Facebook, find them on the internet. Great bunch of people. Uh, great time. Beautiful country down there. If the weather was a little better, man, it'd been great, but you know what? We toughed it out. We toughed it out and uh, got my steps in. I, I walked almost six miles last, last weekend. <laughs> picking up picking up scores and everything else but yeah god nice. bless y'all down so. all right well uh before we go to uh before we go to ron um I, i'm only monitoring the uh truckers voices page tonight because you you don't have your 
set up there with you so you can monitor the other one. But I want to give a shout-out to Douglas Patrick, Bill McNaney, uh, Joy Honeycutt, Doug Bryan, Mike Kohler, uh, Scott Post, Dean Key, Beth, Brian Kroll, Jeff Rose, Scott Post. Uh, yeah, all of those right there on the uh, Trucker's Voices page. I don't know who's on the other pages and YouTube, but I want to just shout out to everybody. Thank y'all for tuning in tonight, and thank you for tuning in every week uh, that we have somebody on here. We don't have everybody on you know, every week, but we try to do it as much as we can. So we're, we're going well over a year and a half strong now here on the Trucker's Voices podcast. So we want to thank everybody that kind of supports the show, okay? All right. We love y'all. We love y'all. That's right. That's right. Without the, without people listening to us, we wouldn't have a show, right, Steve? That's right. That's right. And without people coming on, we wouldn't have any guests to talk to. But we got a good one tonight. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. All right. Here we go. We're going to bring him on, okay? All right. What's going on, fellas? What's going on, Ron? How, how are you? How are you? How you like that introduction? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Hey, I guess it fits with the dog, right? That's exactly why I did that. <laughs> That's right. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. All right. How's everybody doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. And thank good. you again for coming on. And we're excited to uh, hear your story. Kind of tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, tell us. Well, we know who you are. You're Ron Vandermark. Tell us where you're from. Okay. I'm from a town in Delran, New Jersey. It's uh, about 15, 20 minutes from Philadelphia. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, lived there all my life. All right. All right. Well, what we want to know, the main thing tonight is we want to know exactly um, from beginning to where you're at now, how you got into the trucking industry. So we're going to sit back and just listen to you and you can just kind of take us through it and then we'll come back and Steve and I, you know, we always tell everybody we don't have any scripted question. Everything is right here off the top of the head and uh, it's just truckers having conversations with each other. Yeah, sure. No, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, you, you might have to actually jump in because, uh, you know, I, I think I've climbed all over this industry uh, <laughs> in, in the 23 years that I've been in it. Um, you know, I started out at uh, 23 years old, actually. So, actually, it's been a little longer than that now. So, I started out at the age of 23. Um, you know, at the time, I was uh, married to my first wife. Uh, she was pregnant with my daughter at that 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 point. And, um, you know, I was at that age where, you know, we're kind of jumping around, bouncing around job to job, you know, and, and, you know, Hey, I, I got a child on the way, you know, I need to be able to support my family. So I kind of looked around a little bit and actually, uh, started my career. out with Schneider, um, went to Schneider, spent, uh, two weeks in, in training with them. And, and then, you know, I drove a cab over, went out and started with them, worked with them for a little bit. Um, I had the ultimate goal. I wanted to get back home, you know, cause I had a small kid, you know, I wanted to have more kids and, and, uh, you know, so my goal was to get into, uh, you know, trucking, but you know, cause it was a solid career, but I just wanted to try to see, you know, Hey, how can I get, how can I get home? How can I spend some time with my kids? And that's where I jumped into LTL, um, got in and started working with overnight transportation. So it's, it goes back pretty far. And, um, Got in doing that, drove a Mac R model, no power steering. You know, had the hot box sitting right next to me. You want a little bit of air, you pop the vent open, that's it. Roll your window down. There's no air conditioning. You know, so, uh, yeah, just, you know, went with um, overnight. And then, obviously, uh, at that point, uh, UPS came in, UPS Freight, um, you know, bought bought overnight from them. And uh, drove with them. Drove with them just up to... Uh, just this year, just shy of my 23rd year uh, with T-Force. So, um, so that's, that's kind of where, you know, I went through everything. You know, I, I jumped from from being a dock guy to, uh, to a driver uh, through them. And then I went to UPS's uh, driver training program um, out in Chicago. And, uh, you know, as we know, you know, UPS's training program is probably one of the best in the country. And, uh, you know, the way that they drill in that, the UPS is Smith system, you know, they use a Smith system, but it, but it's a little bit tweaked, you know, to UPS standards. And, uh, you know, once I bought into that, man, whoo, boy, did that just change that, that just changes your whole mindset when you start to see that and you just live by that. And then I just got into, you know, starting to train new drivers. And what I happened to notice was you got a lot of new people that were coming into the industry, you know, yeah, veteran guys like ourselves who've been out there for so long. And, 
we've got to hand that down to these younger guys, you know, the younger people just coming out of school and, you know, they're nervous and they want to get into this. And I think I, that's where I fell into the, you know, the passion of uh, training, you know, once I started getting away and doing some different events uh, and then going at, you know, getting back into it and getting and seeing these guys and training them and helping them, you know, understand, uh, you know, the, not only the driving aspect of it, but the safety piece that comes along with it. And, you know, I think that that kind of really stuck in my, my heart. And, um, you know, so I went into management with uh, UPS and was in management for about three years. I was a lead operations supervisor. So I uh, went from a driver actually to being in charge of, uh, I think I had six supervisors I was in charge of, and then all the drivers and dock workers and clerks. Um, so I did that. And then, you know, uh, obviously uh, T-Force bought, um, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah. So then T-Force bought UPS freight from them. And, um, you know, they had to make some cuts. They have to make some moves, you know. Hey, yeah, yeah, I have to understand. You know, I get it. You know, is it is it uh, tough? Yeah, but, you know, that's, that's just kind of where, you know, I, I just, uh, it's not in my hands. You know, higher right. powers, God, you know, I just put it in his hands and just followed him. And now I'm in the busing industry. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a safety manager for a busing company. I got about uh, 24 buses and uh, just, I think I'm just over 20 drivers. So now I'm over there and I, I'm in charge of everything in regards to uh, accidents, in, uh, uh, interviews, you know, taking new drivers out, putting them through a tra training program that, um, you know, that I was able to actually go in and design. Um, you know, I took some of their stuff and some of the stuff that I've learned along the way and you know, kind of put it into something. And, uh, you know, I've just started taking that out to some of these new drivers. And, and, you know, the best part about that is, is you can, um, you can really start with somebody and you can really drive in the importance that you have. And when you're safety driven mm -hmm. and you can implement that in somebody, you know, and, and maybe somebody who doesn't buy into it right away, and you watch that light bulb go off on their head. And I know both of you guys have seen that before, but oh, yeah. when that light bulb goes off on someone's head, that that's a powerful thing. Right. Because you know you got them. And they, you know it's stuck. Yeah, they get know? it. They get it. You finally figured they get it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so that's that's how I wound up in the in the busing industry. And uh, you know, like we were talking a couple minutes before in the in the uh pre-show. Yeah, it's been a challenge. That's that's probably one of the biggest things is you know, when I came into the to the busing industry. Um, you know, a lot of the drivers that were over there were like, you know, oh, you're in the, you, how long have you been driving? And 23 years. And yeah, I drove a tractor trailer and, uh, they're like, oh, you don't understand how tight that is. And I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. I'm like, it, 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 it a couple different things. I'm like, listen, you know, I was, a, I, I came from UPS freight. So I said, you know, them little Brown trucks that run around your yard, your neighborhood and drop off all your packages. I said, yeah, I did that with a, with a tractor trailer. So yeah, I can handle my own, you know, and, and, you know, from where I'm at, you know, I'm out in the, you know, we got a lot of real tight areas out here in the Northeast and uh, whoo, it's no joke. Yeah. So, you know, so they, they wound up gaining a little respect, especially when I got in at them on the, the, the safety piece of it. And, and uh, you know, a loaded, a loaded bus set, you know, with 56 passengers on it is almost 80,000 pounds with loaded with suitcases. Wow. So, you know, the stopping distance is the same. You know, the safety, the safety culture that we have to put into that, it's the same. So once they understood that and realized, you know, whoa, this guy knows what he's talking about, they bought in. Right. But see, now flips, now flips, right? Because now, now we get into now the management side of the busing industry, right? They're, they, they don't understand the respect that I get from the, from the drivers and, you know, they, they just don't understand. It's just a, it's just a different level. You know, we can have a conversation and, and the, 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 the drivers will, they'll, they'll understand where I'm coming from. And I may be able to say something to them as a driver that maybe a manager can't, you know, somebody who's, who's, you know, behind a computer and, you know, they may have a CDL, but they don't have the experience and, and they don't, they haven't seen what we've seen out on the street and, some of the things and, and, uh, you know, so it's been a little bit of a challenge, but it's working out well, you know, I mean, that's, that's one of the thing, you know, I, I think from being in the trucking industry and being around guys like you and, and, you know, everybody else that, that I've come in contact with in the trucking industry, it's man, they're, it's powerful. Yeah. The, the trucking industry is definitely, 
um, a very powerful piece. And, uh, you know, that's my job now is try to figure it out. And it's another struggle. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, well, what you, what you bring to the table from what you learned over the years in the trucking industry, you're, you're actually trying to mesh it into a, in somewhat of a different industry, but yet same, the same industry, you know, as far as transportation goes. So, man, I tell you what, um, you know, I'm excited for you because, um, you know, I know that you are going to do well in this and that you sound like you're doing well. Um, uh, before I go on to the next question, let me ask you a question. Let me, was you finished? Uh, did, I didn't cut you off, did I? No, 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 no. Okay. No, you can cut me off. No, okay. So I want, I want to go back to your Snyder days. And I, I, I definitely right. want to ask you um, how you said that was like 23 years ago that you, you was with Snyder, right? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, it was like 23 years ago. It was, it was 23 years ago. So, or I'm sorry, I was 23 years old when I started. So, um, yeah, it's probably going to be about 25, 26, I think I'm like 48 now, something like that. Okay. All right. I think we forget that. So, so back then, uh, did you go into Snyder uh, with your CDL or did you uh, have to go through nope. their training program? Went through their training program. Yeah. And, yeah, I went through their training program. And, 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 and walk us through that, uh, I, you know, because I'm thinking about the CDL schools of today. And personally, I, I think they turn them out too fast, to be honest with you. Just some of the run-of-the-mill CDL schools, right? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So, run us how 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 was that with with Snyder? How did how did that work? Yeah, so we're going you know we're going back obviously quite a bit. So um, kind of bear with me on that. But no, um, I do I do remember the training because it was uh, you know we went out to um, Carlisle, Pennsylvania, and uh, from there we went out to I don't remember what state it was. We we went out to, but they put us out there for two weeks, and uh, it was every day we were out there and, you know, really getting out and we were with trainers and they didn't, you know, load us up and really, really took care of us and, and showed us how to do that pre-trip and, you know, how to understand, you know, how to really operate that truck. And, you know, at that point, I, you know, it was uh, eight, was a 18, 18 speed, I think it was at that point, you know, and, and really got us, you know, into, to really understanding. And, and when we came back, it was, you know, we'd go and get our, our, uh, our, our license and boom, you get it right out of the first shot, you know, and, and, um, you know, but I think they really did pay more attention, you know, uh, back then and really, you know, I think really got us really, really trained, you know, before they really, you know, sent us out. And then once we were done, then they put us on, uh, then they put us on the street with a driver trainer, um, that we pretty much stayed with for, I think it was another two weeks, maybe. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. And I think I saw a lot of that, you know, in, in, in the, uh, in the training in the driver training end of it, when I was, you know, when I was a driver trainer in the truck and, you know, even on the bus side now, um, you know, these, these people, some of these guys that are coming out of school, um, you know, they're, I almost feel like they're getting the bare minimum, you know, and it's like, you know, yeah, I don't, I think that, 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 you know, I mean, we're, we're dealing with, you know, people's lives and families, I think that we shouldn't shortcut that, you know, um, we shortchange that training and, you know, what's, what, what's the end result? I mean, I think we all kind of know what could happen if we shortchange it, you know? Right. And uh, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we really need to right. really ch change that. Right. Yeah. I just, I just want to comment on that. I'm not pointing to every school. Right. I'm not pointing to every company. Yep. But there's a lot of places out there. Uh, they train you to get your license. Mm -hmm. Have motto: We train you to get your license. You'll figure it out after that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I I don't like that motto. I I train you to get your license, but we we also need to train you uh, to be a professional. To be, you know, you you've not only got your shipper and your receivers precious cargo with you you've got precious cargo around you you know you've got me around you please hurt me <laughs> <laughs> right exactly exactly but uh real real quick it's just an off of the wall question you know and uh, you you and i was talking you'll discuss it but uh you said you've drove driven one of these buses did you drive the bus uh 
you know, the international cab over buses, they called it with Schneider? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. That's what I started with. What What is the comparison of setting on top of that wheel or behind the wheel like you do in a stagecoach? Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, having the, the, the big, you know, you know, big doghouse over top of me when my Schneider days, you know, where like, I almost feel like it sat up over my head, you know, you kind of feel like right. you're sitting down in a cockpit. Um, you know, now sitting in a stagecoach, you know, um, man, top heavy. Yeah, you can feel it. Right. You know, you can really, really, really feel the difference. And, and you know, it's also really different because, you know, you are sitting down lower, you know, everybody's up above you. In a, in a, in a motor coach, you know, they're up above you and you're, so you're down sitting low again. So, uh, so it's a little different, you know, not being, you know, not feeling up as high as I was up in, in, you know, in a big truck. Right. So but yeah, it's a difference. As far as the turning radius and, and things like that, because I tell you, I've, I've had the opportunity to ride plenty of stage coaches yep. and sit in the front seat whether it's on the right or on the left behind the driver, man, when they go out there to them intersections and cut them things back, you think they're just going to wipe out two or three cars you would because so. you step back axle that go out a little deeper and it cuts yeah. a little shorter. And that's, that's kind of where, where I'm going with this. Yeah. What's yeah. A bus versus a setback axle semi like that. Well, I'll tell you what. So, um, you know, I, so I, it's, it's a little easier for me because yeah, I have 28 years in the fire service. So, you know, so I've been driving uh, our tower ladders, the same, same, uh, you know, body length as a, as a charter bus is, but the difference on the turn radius is, you know, obviously, you know, with a, you know, us being connected, you know, up front with the fifth wheel on, on, on a big truck, you know, we can get around those corners and we, you know, we can get out, but we can cut that wheel back real quick and, you know, cut right along that, that curb line, you know, where a, a bit, a bus, you know, uh, I actually just learned this, that, you know, you got a tag axle in the back that you just, you know, you have down when you're driving on highway or highway speeds, but, you know, once you come up to that intersection, you know, these guys are, it's pretty neat, you know, they just flip this switch, that wheel comes up and they just whoop right around the corner. Exactly. But you're, you're way out there, but, you know, they, man, it's like, what? And then, you know, the, and even just today, you know, I knew the tag axle went up and down, but I'm still learning all this stuff. And we got some brand new buses coming in. And uh, so they have a tag axle. Uh, I forget what it's actually called, to be honest with you. I just heard it today. But so this this tag axle will actually now under 12 miles an hour will um, the air in the in the tag axle will actually soften up when you hit this button and then that'll allow the tag axle to come up off the ground just enough to get that bus turned quick. Right. So that, that's a, that's a new feature that they got on the, the buses and, and uh, that's pretty neat to pretty neat to see that and watch these things come around right around that corner. Nice. You know, but, but one other difference too is, is, you know, on the bus side, you know, you, you got to stay about a, about a foot and a half off the curb line to, uh, right. to keep that, to keep that gap closed into really, you know, keep that you know around that corner so right. that's a little bit of a difference too that you get on the on the bigger trucks you know we can button hook a little bit more or we can you know get that get that that tractor out there a little bit more before we get that trailer coming around and you know and then if we right. get a you know we're hauling a set of pups boy we can almost chase those things around yeah you right. know so right. it's difference that's a, that's for sure now is your does your stagecoach company just run local local yeah. events or do you guys go cross country yeah, so I actually have a driver out now, uh, out right now, uh, left out on uh, September first, and I think he was out for twenty nine days. He's at, he's out, so he oh, went from um, yeah, went from New Jersey. Um, he went all the way down to like New Mexico, and, and then he went over into Nevada, and I think they're coming up on the west side, coming back, you know, coming up on the higher end states, and coming out coming out that way and heading back to us. So should be back in a couple of days. But yeah, it's, it's neat. Hey, listen, you know, they get a, you know, we, we give our drivers $25 a day on, on uh, cash to cover their food expense as well. And, you know, I know it's not a lot, but right. you know, a lot of times our drivers, they get to go out and uh, eat with the, with the, the people that, that are on the coaches, you know, they, their hotel rooms are paid for, their meals are paid for, they get to do a lot of events with the people. And it's kind of a pretty, 
pretty good retirement gig, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, no right. doubt. Was, now, with that bad, being right? him, him being out that far, how does that hours of service work? Like, we can only drive 11 in the trucking mm-hmm. side of it. Is is he limited to 11? No, he's, uh, t- he's 10. He's 10. He's 10 okay. on the drive. Yeah. Yep. Now, by himself, or they run like a team where another guy's, you know, somewhere down, whatever? Yeah, no, either he's by himself, and um, I think he has 46 people on uh, on his trip with him. And, um, you know, so they have a detailed itinerary. So, you know, they – so what we do is, is I, you know, the staff that we have in our, in our building, they actually build this trip, right? And um, so they know where they're going every day. We, you know, we know how many hours the driver can go, how many they can drive, how many they can work. And, uh, you know, so they can actually see that. So they line them up. So it's, you know, hey, we're going to be in New Jersey today. Tomorrow we're going to be in, you know, wherever they decide that they were going to stop on that trip. And right. then they just move it along and along. So, so the driver, we, the, the driver doesn't get out on, you know, on his hours. Now he may push a little bit more, but, um, you know, being on an extended uh, trip, but uh, um, other than that, you know, yeah, we, we get some other ones that are four day, five day, seven day, you know, Cape Cod and, you know, Boston, things like that. But um, right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. I um, I was just kind of monitoring the comments when you uh saying that, and uh, Tony Wainwright's one of our avid listeners on here, and his wife actually drives a a, a tour bus like that, and uh, mm-hmm. she's drove quite a bit, you know, especially around D.C. a lot, and uh, but anyway, he said uh, ten on and eight off. Yeah, ten it, yeah, that's right, ten on eight off. Yeah, right, yeah. Right. Well, uh. Well, backing up a little bit, uh, I want to jump back to uh, your UPS days there. And uh, mm-hmm. was UPS uh, Freight the uh, first actual LTL company that you worked for? No, it was overnight first. I, I was an overnight guy, so okay. that was my first one. Yeah. Okay. All right. So That's where you, I started my pedaling. I got you. I got you. So when you yeah. when you went into it, um, you, you come out of, you come from there to, uh, from Snyder to there, right? And, yep. um did you have to go and get all your endorsements? Did you do that yourself or did, uh, you know, did you kind of like progress yourself through that? Um, so I think when I, uh, when I was with Schneider, I was on a dedicated run, a Northeast dedicated run. So I think I just had my, uh, I think I just had my regular, just a CDL, you know, normal class A. And then once I got into overnight, that's where I had to go get my doubles and triples and, um, my hazmat. And then, uh, I think once UPS freight came in is when we had to go get our tanker endorsement because of the totes that we carried. Yeah. So that's, that's what made us have to go get the tanker. So, yeah. Well, I want to, I want to take you back to a time um, during the uh, COVID era. And uh, I want you to time, tell us a little bit that about that and how it, how hard it was to make deliveries um, whenever, you know, we had COVID going real strong back in 2020 and 2021. Because uh, I know I know some of the stuff that you had to do, so I'm just going to let you speak to the listening audience about that. Yes, yeah, so um, so I had the honor of bringing the uh, first trailer of uh, hand sanitizer to the NYPD. Um, you know, we had a 53 foot trailer, you know, just loaded with 55 gallon drums of uh, of hand sanitizer that you know I brought into to to NYPD, dropped that drop that off. So that was pretty, that was pretty, uh, it was pretty important because if you all go back to when we, you know, we're looking for hand sanitizer, it was pretty tough to come by. So, you know, hauling a 50, 53 foot trailer full of hand sanitizers, you know, going into the, to, to New York city was uh, pretty impressive. And, you know, we did that quite a bit, you know, we went to, went, you know, they'd close the George Washington bridge and they'd bring our trucks across that bridge and close it down with a police escort, bring us right in, bring us right out. Yeah. So it was kind of neat, you know, going across some of those bridges and, and uh, you know, some, uh, some of the other drivers that, that you know, John McCowan and uh, Billy Bennett, you know, going out and, and getting to do these deliveries to, to, to know that you're helping the, the, the residents of New York City. Is, it's pretty neat to be able to do that. Uh, also, I, I, um, I delivered the uh, fabric to the uh, fabric district that was making the yellow gowns. So the you know, the, the yellow gowns that everyone was wearing during COVID. So I had rolls and rolls and rolls of that, um, you know, that, that was a, 
you know, obviously we were going through a shortage with that. So I had the rolls that were delivered to the, uh, to the district that was, that was making them for, uh, you know, I think it was for the whole country actually that, that they were doing. It was, it was a lot. Okay. So I got to do some of that as well. So yeah, it was really, really neat, you know, something you'll always remember. All right. All right. Uh, I do want to uh, mention a comment or two here that uh, it's on the screen because uh, they don't think that I'm going to ask you this, but uh, I'm fixing, yeah. I'm fixing to put them in check back, and I'm going to tell you who I'm putting back in check is Mr. Bill McNamee. I uh, knew that was coming. I knew I heard that name earlier, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm sure it says Captain Ketchup in there somewhere too, right?" Or, <laughs> he said, uh, "Yes." He said, "Yes." He puts ketchup on his Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> that's the only way. I mean, well, like this is coming from the guy to eat hot dogs with pickles on them and tomatoes. I mean, what? It's either ketchup or mustard. And yeah. if you, you're feeling froggy, you can put some sauerkraut on there maybe or something. But Yeah, yeah. So maybe after a while, maybe in a little bit when I open the phone line up here after a while, maybe he'll call in, you know, and you guys can have a discussion about that. So, hey, I'll, I'll be I'll be opening the phone lines up here in just a few minutes. But, hey, uh, I'm actually looking at the time right now. And uh, let's, let's get on into uh, what else we want to talk about. I want to talk about um, your other little side thing that you're doing now. And so go ahead and tee that up for us. And then, of course, I'll come out and I'll let you narrate these videos, okay? So go ahead and tell us what you got going on. Yeah, so I have um, I got a two-year-old Belgian Malinois who uh, who who's my narcotics canine. So um, I got her just uh, by mistake. Where, you know, we lost uh, one of our dogs that we've had, and you know, I said to my wife, "Hey, I want to go get a German Shepherd." And you know, she flips online and she's like, "Hey, check this thing out. It's a little little puppy. Looks like a German Shepherd." I'm like, "Oh, it's good. Let's go get it." So we go get it we're on our way home, you know, and we're listening to the people talk about it. And they're like, Oh, it's a Belgian Malinois. What? And so, you know, we, you know, what everybody does jump on Google and I'm like, you know what we have here? And she's like, no. And I said, uh, yeah, Belgian Malinois there. That's a, that's like a military dog and they're the police canine. And, um, I'm like, listen, they're really, really high drive and need to be worked every day. I'm like, this, this dog is like, needs to be trained. So I got into uh, getting her trained and, and um, you know, I worked side by side with a good friend of mine who's a Middletown canine officer. And um, so my dog pretty much just ran side by side with him. And um, we, she's a fully certified police canine. She does everything a police dog will do. And uh, so now I do that on the side as well. So I train dogs and, and uh, you know, work my narcotics dog. And now I'm trying to get a, a bomb dog going now. So let me uh, go ahead and just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play these videos. You can speak to them, and uh, and then we'll come back and uh, we'll, we'll we'll finish up on this right here. Uh, so, sure. all right, go ahead. All right, let's see. There it is. There she is. Yeah, there she is. Yeah, so that's Luna, and uh, the German Shepherd there. That's that's Raven. So uh, right here, that's uh, me doing some narcotic work with her, and we just put out some K2, um, which is a synthetic marijuana, and we put that out for. Uh, her to train and, and, you know, we just put it like you can see, you know, you bury it as far as you can and, you know, let her go find it. And, you know, she finds it quick, but, you know, uh, going in the water and, you know, loves the water, jumps in the pool, can't keep her out of the pool. Uh, that video you guys were just watching right there was a, was a prison that we went into and uh, we do a lot of different prisons and she went into one of the prisons and um, just pulled like a mother load of uh, narcotics out of a prison. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Which kind of made a name for her, which was really good, you know? So, uh, you know, she, she's really done well in doing that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun, you know, but it's just training every day with her, you know, and just work her and, you know, did some bite work with her. So she does protection, um, work as well and, and, uh, tracking and it's, yeah, she's, she's wild and that's for sure. <laughs> it's a, she's a lot of fun, but she's a handful. Oh yeah. She's a handful. Yeah. She, um, we, uh, I was doing a job with uh, a second narcotics dog one day and the, the other dog that I was with had, uh, kind of caught some odor in, in a, was like a six and a half foot fence that was separating us. She went right up over top of the fence, jumped it from, from a sit wow. right up wow. over the fence. And I'm just like the, you know, the, the lady that I was working with was like, you know, hey, uh, does Luna just go over the fence? And I'm like, yep. And she's like, that dog's just just not wrapped too tight, you know. But, 
they're they're amazing you know they now she about you know, took to your, able to, she, she took your wife out here didn't she oh yeah yeah so she came flying around that's my wife just uh you know doing some uh doing just doing some uh video for our tiktok she's got her own tiktok with uh or i don't know with like 1300 uh 1300 people that watch her so we put different videos up for her and you know watch her do all her crazy stuff that she does and you know that's just endless because i mean the speed from her and the narcotics that she does the bite works that she does and you know it's just neat to watch it and, and you really start to get to uncover this this breed and uh you know a lot of people were getting this type of a breed after that movie um uh, dog that came out. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not with that uh, no. Belgian Malinois. It was a military movie about the dog. So, yeah, so a lot of people were getting them, and they're, they're tough. So, 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 Ron, tell us a little bit about the latest with her and, like, what what happened, what, last night or night before last, last or this week? Cause yeah, tell, so, tell us that story. Yeah, so it wasn't actually my dog. So a, okay. a good friend of mine. Yeah, so a good friend of mine is um he's got a he's got a narcotics dog. He's a local town next to us. Um, you know, went through the same program. I've been helping him, you know, with uh, some you know the narcotic work and you know getting the dog you know even more and more familiar with that. So we started doing some tracking with the dog, and uh, so you know I gave gave my buddy a call, Harry, last night, and said, "Hey, you know what are you doing?" He's like, "Hey, I'm going to a car stop up on Route 130. They need a narcotics dog to come out." I said, "All right, when you're done, give me a yell, and uh, you know we'll uh, I'll come find you." So I was going out into the woods. So I went out into. I mean, I was in some thick brush last night. And uh, so he called me up and he had to just come, come find me as to where a dog had to come find me and came right out to me. When we got done, we were, you know, we walked back to the, to his car and my truck and uh, talking for a minute. And he actually got called out for a uh, uh, active shooter. And uh, here, uh, you know, someone came up to one of the cars and pulled a gun on, you know, one of the officer's faces and I guess went to, you know, shoot. And fortunately the gun malfunctioned. Well, the suspect ran away, and uh, so the canines got called out. So, you know, my friend's dog went out last night and, you know, ran a track on him and found the gun. Got the gun. They got the got the guy that pulled the gun out on the cop, and, uh, you know, we're able to arrest him and charge him with attempted murder on a police officer. And, um, you know, and we got, you know, the, the dog that you're, you're training and tracking, you know, to go right where the guy was and be able to recover the gun and the keys of the car that he was driving is it. That, that's a that's cool oh yeah you know to, to feel that that was pretty neat you know and, and, and these dogs are 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 commissions as officers too right mm -hmm. yep. yeah yep yeah so um but a lot of them you know a lot of these dogs too these malamas are you know they're pretty much they're working dogs you know so they're not family pet dogs um you know it's very very rare that you can get one i mean i'm really fortunate yeah. You know, Luna's a, she's a big snuggle bug and, and I have, uh, you know, two grandkids, one more on the way. And, you know, as you saw in that video, you know, that was my grandson of six years old, you know, giving her commands. Yeah. Um, in German, she's trained in German. So, uh, all her, all, all her commands is given by a six year old. And as you, you saw, and she listens. Oh yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's, it's neat. That's awesome. Now, how many, how many work years does Luna have? She's two. She well, she's two years old. So she, I've been working her for about. I mean, I started training her when she was eight weeks old. No, about ten weeks old. You know, right out of the gate. You know, and uh, I think I got into narcotics with her when she was about eight, nine months old, and then uh, she's just it just went narcotics, bite work, you know, articles and things like that. So pretty much all all her life. She's okay. With her being a narcotics dog, how many years can she do that? Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I misunderstood you. Um, oh. so it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of, it depends on her, you know. She, it, you know, if 10, 11 years old, I know one of the one of the uh, officers in the town next to us, they're about to retire one of their uh, one of their canines, and and that dog's uh, almost 11. So so okay. about 10, 11 years, you so we got some time, you know, behind us oh. on that. Yeah. It's something I didn't know. I mean, you know, you hear uh, canines retiring from the force all the time, but I, I don't know. You know, I, I know 
it's got to affect their nose, you know, and eventually the nose wears out, I guess you could say, you know, it gets, it gets, uh, overused, I guess. And that's, that's kind of what I was curious. So about, about 10, 11 years. Yeah. But it's, it's really not anything on the, on the send end of it. You know, I mean, I, I, uh, did some, a lot of work with a, a guy who's a retired DEA. Uh, he's got a Malinois who's old, just, I don't even know how old the dog is, but you know, he's still a phenomenal dog. Um, right. And it's really not about the, the sniffer at that point. Their sniffers are uh, about 40,000 times greater than a human nose. Um, you know, and, and I use that to, to our advantage with, you know, some of the places we go in the, the rehabs and things, because, you know, my, my family's been through addiction and, and, you know, it's a tough thing. And, and, you know, my son uh, is, you know, seven years clean now. And, you know, so I go in and I utilize her in a different way too. You know, I say to the, the patients that are there, you know, uh, you know, I've gotten called in on emergency calls and I say to them like, you know, Hey, listen, get out, look at this. You know, I said, this is a dog. I said, I've been in this and I'm like, and you can make a difference, you know, you can make a difference in someone's life. You can save someone's life. And, you know, when you start putting that stuff into their head and not have, give them the idea that, Hey, you can go somewhere, you know, just because you're, you know, you're, you're, you're caught up in something that's really, really, you know, tough. Um, you know, there's an out and you can help other people by doing that too. And, and you can make a real good, good living with that too. You know I mean? A, a narcotics dog is 250 to $500 to run it. Right. So, you know, you can make some good money off of that and they hear that you kind of get perked up a little bit and, you know, they get some questions for you. So it's really neat to be able to kind of give that back to them too. But Well, do you, do you ever tell Luna to work with you and have her check the buses? So, yeah. <laughs> as you're carrying all kinds of people and you don't know what the, the tourism, you know, the tourists are right. leaving that bus because, Y'all may be dropping them off in a place that is very police oriented, and maybe they'll leave something on the bus. Have you, have you ever taken her to work and, and utilized her that way? So I take her to work with me, um, uh, pretty much, pretty much every day. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't use her on the narcotic side. You know, I, I mean, I have thrown some hides out, you know, for her. Um, but you know, we, you know, in our industry, you know, we're, we're kind of more like, you know, we got the charters and stuff. So, you know, we don't really have to deal more of like your public transportation where you're going to have some of that, that issue. Um, she just comes with me because it, you know, if I don't bring her, she's an absolute nut by the time, uh, you know, I get home and oh, then it's, you got to take her out for a ball or something for 12 hours. Got to uh, get that energy um, out of her. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so right. she's, I'm, we're fortunate enough. I, I'm only about two blocks from downtown Trenton. So I think, uh, you know, all the ladies in my office, I think they like having a, a, a bite dog, you know, laying in the office and they, they feel protected. That's for sure. So I want to touch on a comment here that just come in. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, Bill McNamee, he said his proudest recollection of Ron is his experience with the Covenant House. Oh, Covenant House. Yeah, that's, that's, um, tell us about that. Yeah. Wow. That's my pride and joy. Um, so I got involved with Covenant House back in my UPS days. Uh, and yeah, that's an organization. And I know this show goes out across the country and there's a lot of, a lot of Covenant House locations in there. And Covenant House is a, uh, is a, it's a place that takes kids that are that are between the ages of 18 and 21 years old who have experienced homelessness. Um, some of them have been, you know, because they've been in the LBGTQ community and, you know, they haven't been accepted by their parents. Uh, some of them are um, lost their parents to specific, you know, could be drugs or been locked up in jail and, you know, 18 years old or they're in the, the foster system. You know, and, and when they age out on the foster system, you know, they leave the foster system with the trash bags, with the belongings that they have. And then they go out on the street, you know, and then within 24 hours, you know, 24 to 48 hours, um, that's where, you know, the sex trafficking comes in. Right. You know, and we're all TAD ambassadors and, you know, we, we push for that and truckers against trafficking and, you know, on the busing side is busing on the lookout. Right. But the Covenant House rebuilds these people and, and they bring them in. And, uh, you know, they have lawyers, they have the, you know, the legal team, the doctors, everything that these kids could possibly want. And, uh, you know, they just want to try to get 
you know, on their feet and, you know, a lot of them that can get through this, they, they, uh, they'll never experience homelessness again. So this is one of the big things that I think, you know, for our industry, and I always say our industry, because once a truck driver, they're always a truck driver. Always. That's right. But, you know, one of the most important things, you know, uh, besides safety that I can say to everyone out there is, is take a look and see if you have a covenant house out there in your location take a look at these kids, you know, these kids, they, they've experienced homelessness. They may have lost their parents and something that's going on, but you know, they don't want to be that. They don't want to be that number to society and live in a, you know, in a shelter or in a, in a, in an enclosed uh, slide, you know, they're looking for a career. Right. Right. So how about us? You know, let's go back to what we talked about in the beginning, you know, 23 years old, trying to get a family. Where'd I go? Truck. Truck. That's right. right. Because everybody, everybody needs that, you know, they need the freight, you know, and, and so I got involved with them and got them, you know, they got them in there and, and tried to get them in and, and, you know, work on our dock or help them get their commercial license and, you know, and, and show them that, hey, there's a career out here. And that's what the Covenant House does for them. You know, they, they get them in, they help them get jobs, you know, and then they progress through the system. They go to the next step where, you know, they give the Covenant House X amount of money you know, and the covenant has to get free food, free shelter, things like that. And then, you know, when they're done that, then, then they step up into the next system where then they get uh, like an apartment living, you know, and, and they're still working. They're giving, you know, uh, a percentage of their money back to the covenant house again. Um, you know, and covenant house is going to now teach them how to pay bills and, and, you know, be able to start to live on their own. And then once they transition from that, then, you know, then they can go in and get their own apartment from that place. They've got a job. And the best part about it is the money that they worked and they gave it, gave, you know, with the Covenant House um, to get back, yeah. you know, so even with, uh, you know, first and last month's rent, furniture, things like that. And, um, you know, so they, they, they do this and they're operational by their sleep outs there. They do an executive sleep out, which we've done. Um, I've done quite a few years of, and I think the last one I did, I actually brought my son with me who just applied to get a job at the Covenant House. And, uh, we raised as a team, um, not not just my team, but as a, as a as a group on that on that sleep out was uh, one point two million dollars. I've seen some pictures that you've had in the past of a sleep out. So tell us, explain to the listening audience what a sleep out is. So a sleep out is um, you're going to go to your local covenant house. You're going to raise money for your team and you know for them to be able to operate. And you're going to go in and you're going to sit with uh, some of the youth that, that are there. And you're going to hear some success stories and you're going to hear some of the things that they've gone through. You know, where we all, you know, kind of think, you know, hey, sometimes this isn't what they're, you know, they're, they're dealt a wrong card sometimes. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they didn't ask for this, you know, and, and they, so you're going to go hear some of the stories from them and you're going to, once you're done that, you're going to get a sleeping bag and you're going to get a cardboard box and that's it. And you're going to go outside and you're going to lay on the blacktop on that piece of cardboard box in November, you know, right, right when it's, it's cold. And, uh, you're going to raise that money for them. And, and I'll tell you what, one of the biggest things is, you know, you guys walk outside when, dead in the middle middle of winter and it's cold and think about them kids that didn't ask for this right you know when they're they're trying and uh you think about it you think about that when you walk to your car and you get in your warm car or you go home and get in your warm bed and you, know, you start thinking about some of these kids and some of the things that they've done you know that have had that has happened to them you know from abuse or you know being trafficked um it's really sad, but to be able to give back to them and watch some of the success stories that these kids come up with, mm-hmm. guys, guys, let me tell you, look up Covenant House. Okay. You won't, you won't, you won't go wrong. All right. You won't go wrong. Well, um, um, you get some good uh, accolades here on the uh, on, on on the comments. Um, Doug Frombaugh says, uh, you know, you the man, Vandermark. You, you was his roommate at selections for America's Road Team in Dublin, Virginia, at Volvo and you know, uh, Doug's a fine man there. And, uh, you know, I had the privilege to work with Doug when he was going through selections. Matter of fact, uh, from, from the company standpoint, I had a, a, a opportunity to help mentor him through, you know, some of that selection process. So, um, it's good stuff, Ron. And, um, you know, I'm, I want to tell anybody that wants to call in right now, we just got a few minutes left on the show, but I'll take one or two calls. If you want to call in, uh, the number is two, five, one, six, one, six, 
251-616-2151. That's 251-616-2151. So, yeah, we'll, we'll field one or two calls before we go off the air here. But, man, I tell you what, I've learned a lot from you tonight. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so glad you come on and, and you know, you shared, um, you know, everything from your truck and history uh, to what you're doing with uh, Luna and also what you do with the Covenant House uh, is very impressive to me. Very impressive. So yeah. thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me on too, guys. You know, guys, it's uh, it's, it's an honor, you know, to, to be on with you guys. You know, it's two great guys, two great guys that, that support the trucking industry. I can't go wrong with you two guys. Beautiful show. Great yeah. guys. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do, brother. Yeah, thanks for everything. Fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Um, Ron, while we're waiting on a phone call, if we do get one, if not, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, while we Bill, needs phone... a, Bill needs a call on McNamee. McNamee said he's at the firehouse. I don't think he can call in. I seen that comment a while ago. I think that's an excuse, right? Yeah, that's an excuse. That's McNamee for you. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, tell if you had to speak to a young person right now that was – you know, on the fence about getting into the trucking industry, uh, what would you say to him or her? What would I say to a young person? Yeah. Um, listen, you know, everything that we, we get in our life is moved by a truck, you know, and, and the, the industry is, is short drivers. And, uh, you know, without this younger generation coming up and understanding that, hey, all this stuff moves from truck one way or another, you know, to be able to keep that stuff moving, we need the people to, to come in here and, you know, to be able to move that, that stuff for us, you know, the, 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 the freight from your cars, the name, something that doesn't come by a truck. Right. Uh, I think we've had that conversation, right? So we need them to come in, you know, it's a great industry that you can support your family with and, uh, you know, and, and not even have to look back because it's always going to be there. You're always going to have job security in this field. So, you know, don't, don't even think twice about it. Just jump right into it because you won't, you won't turn back. Okay. And, and, and add to that, Ron, as far as, uh, for the driver that's out there, uh, that's been out there, uh, give us a safety message real quick. Like yeah, safety message. You know, I think one of my biggest ones I'm on right now is, uh, mobile phones, you know, mobile phones are, uh, I just did a presentation on us, 362,000 deaths in, uh, or 362,000 injuries in 2021. Um, related by distracted driving, you know, the phones and the phone calls can wait. You know, we all have to make it to the end of, end of our day to our most important stop. Oh, right. And right. I think that's the biggest safety message that we, we need to put out there too, to these, to these young people. That's right. Exactly. Well, well, thank you very much for coming on tonight. And uh, if you'll just hang on for a minute, we'll talk to you, you know, on the other side after we go off the air sure. here uh, real quick, like Steve, Give us a safety message and a word of encouragement. Sounds good. Hey, thank you all for uh, letting me talk about MAPTA. Appreciate it. God bless you all. Stay out there. And remember, the most important trip is that trip home. Absolutely. And y'all remember, uh, this show will air again tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. on uh, Trucker's Voices page and the uh, Safety Drive and on YouTube. So if you lost it tonight or you had to go away, Y'all come back, listen to it again. Steve and I will go back and listen to it again because we, not because we like to hear each ourselves, but we, we doing the show is different than listening to it. I'm going to tell you, I'll go back and listen because I learned things that I might have missed, you know. So um, anyway, uh, y'all have a good night. Y'all be safe out there tomorrow. And it's Friday. Remember, people are trying to get from one place to the other and, you know, they get a little bit, uh, you know, complacent on Friday. But Hey, as professional drivers, we got to do our part to keep everybody around us safe. That's our job. That's our job. We do move freight, but our job is to keep everybody safe. So y'all uh, look out for those who aren't looking out for themselves, and we'll see you right here on Trucker's Voices next week. We'll see you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Have a good one.
guys. We off the air. Wouldn't you know it? Right when I hit the button, somebody was trying to call in. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> Look who I got with me, guys. I know, I know. What's going on? How are you? <laughs> How y'all doing? Hey, Kevin. Hey, Scott. Hey, Ron. How's Star treating you? They're they're good. They're good. It's a challenge, but they're it's hey, good. When I retire, I might come down there for a job. Bring it on. I'd love to take it. I did that years ago. I drove charter bus. I drove for Academy. Oh, did you? Yeah. All right. All right. It's, it's a challenge, man. That's for sure. Yeah. It's definitely it's a challenge. Yeah. True. Difference. That's 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 what I was telling these guys, man. Yeah, I can imagine. But uh, how's, you, the, how's the dogs coming along? Doing good. Yeah, doing good. That's uh, we were just talking about tonight. Uh, you know, we had a local cop right next town next to us. Um, had to go on one of the had to go on a track last night for a, a cop that had a gun pulled to her head last night, and fortunately the gun malfunctioned. And uh, but the the canine was able to get in and recover the gun and they were able to get the suspect off the street and good. charge him with, charge him with attempted murder. And good. So that's a good feeling. Yeah. So everything's going good. 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 Wife as well. Yeah. Yep. Every, yep. She's doing well. Yeah. Every, how about you? Everything going good. I saw you driving that beautiful truck. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That's that. First time tell you. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Yes, it so. is. That's for sure. Scott, how you doing yeah. over there? Oh, good. Thanks. Good, good. That's good. That's good. Well, man, it's I'm... good seeing you look great, too. Yeah. I, 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 I want to This is going to work out real well because he's going to teach me how to figure out how to get to you guys to watch because somebody sent me a link and I was able to watch last week's. Yeah. And I have no clue how to find stuff online. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Listen, it doesn't have a serial. I can't work it. <laughs> yeah. He's he's got a Facebook. It just it's, grab his phone, Steve. Just hook him up. Yeah, hook him up. I'll, I'll fix him right up, man. I'll fix him right up. Hey, 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 Kevin. There's yes. there's over a year's worth of podcasts you can go back and listen to. Even <laughs> even Woodrum's on here. Really? Yeah. So we'll have to have you on here in the future. Yeah. Well, but listen, okay. But wait a minute. We got. He's we, got a great story. We, we've got to make a stipulation, though. If he calls us and he's in the bunk, he's got to be dressed, okay? <laughs> Whoa, we, what's this about? What would you do, Kevin? Take all the fun out of it? Yeah, we, we don't do any podcasts from the bunk rowing down the road in the bus, okay? <laughs> all right. And listen, I got to so we're gonna have, we'd have to pick a time. Because the service can be a little sketchy. Listen, did you take over uh, Sniper? I mean, I, the stories from Sniper. Is, is this what we're talking about? What do you do? Sleeping a nude in a truck or something? I, I don't know what he's talking about, but because I'm running a sleeper team now, so. Oh, are you? Yeah, I, I, run, yeah, from, that's, that's... I run from Jersey to San Francisco to Chicago Ooh. to back to Jersey. Oh, oh, hold on, guys, hold on. I made a mistake. We're still live. What? <laughs> no, I was going to say, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> We're good. Sorry. That's that's why I said when he's running the sleeper team, if he's private and he's back there in the bunk and wants to be on the show, you know, we, we ain't having this in the book. Mm -mm. I'm, no. with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, uh, I'm glad he, I'm glad he got in there. You know, it's uh, he, he's kept you a great guy. Yeah, you see what I'm working with? You That's see it. what I'm yep. working with? I'm downstairs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. to get here, and, and Scott's there, and he said something about me being special, right? Yeah. So I go up to my room. I don't know if you guys can see this or not. <laughs> this is what my room is. Oh, room for the handicap. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Oh, uh, what are the odds? Yeah. I know, yeah. right? I know. It's great. It's great seeing you there, though, man. I'm proud of you. He's got one of them little ringers, so it'll, light, it'll turn the lights on or whatever. So when I <laughs> at 2 a.m. P, I'm going to go ring his Rings room. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's great. Hey, just, just torment him. Just torment him. You know? That's well, it. The name of the game. Just torment him. Keep him going. Well, well pretty my first and final event. I think I'm doing a fine job. No, you said that before when we were talking. He's like, I'll only be able to do one event. I'm like, no, you won't. No, you won't. Mm -mm. You'll see. Oh, no. You'll see. 
Listen, I, I'm, I'm still honored. I'm still floored that I actually am here doing this. I, I still can't believe that I actually got selected. Yeah, so. it's, it's wild. I told you it's a wild ride, isn't it? Yeah. So. Hey, you guys, how's Virginia doing? Everybody doing well? I haven't talked to her in a while. She, she's about to pull her hair out. She's, yeah. she's is she? man, she is going every direction. Um, I, I don't know if it, she can't get these captains to do anything or what's going on, but uh, instead of call you or text you or email you personally, she just puts out an SOS email. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Who wants them? Who wants them? Who's available? Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I, I'm next week, I'm going to take the uh, Workforce Heroes truck from Dayton up here to Akron, get it rewrapped, and then carry wow. it back home for, her. Uh, you know, it's and doing this event. I'm taking Interstate 1 back to Dayton and parking it. Uh, right. Try to ready to go to MCE &E in October. You know, it's just, it's it's I, I don't know how to describe it. 